Good afternoon, it's Dr. Charles Benz here, and you're listening to my podcast, Healing Trends with Dr. Benz. And this is where we bring you the latest science, the latest information about the emerging changes in how to treat, prevent, and deal with chronic illness. And today we have a really interesting program because we have a study that's come up and the title of it is, Is a Colonoscopy Worth the Risk? And this was on the Dr. Joseph Mercola website. And he's using a lot of good statistics from other doctors who've made analysis of this question. And we're going to try to present that to you in the next 30 minutes. And I'm going to ask for help from my good friend and colleague, John Barson from Total Health Magazine, the editor and the chief researcher. John, how are you today? And are you ready for your colonoscopy? Well, as we touched on in an earlier program, (laughs) with coffee enemas, yes, I'm ready. (laughs) Well, you know, I found this to be really interesting because my doctor has been telling me for years to get a colonoscopy. And I've been reluctant to do that because I looked at the risks and I thought, you know what, the risk of perforation, the risk of taking the gut out of balance, of all the chemicals you have to put in to get the colon cleaned out. And then the risk of bacterial infection, because you know what? A lot of people don't clean these this equipment the way they should. And so I've said no, because I don't have a history of colon cancer in my family. And I've basically said, you know, I'm willing to see what the other tests that I take that are really progressive are telling me and use that as a substitute for a colonoscopy. If people have a family history like my wife does, then of course, this makes a little bit more sense. Then you want to make sure you find a really great doctor with a great track record of not having these errors and these problems. And so now she has done that. And I think that because of the improvement program that we've been on for our health for so many years, the last couple of colonoscopies hasn't shown anything. It's just amazing. And so doctor said, yeah, you don't have to come back for another five years. You know, she was 70 when they told her that. So I was always questioning whether it was necessary. And I thought if I had to do it, I would do Cologuard because Cologuard is about 92, 93% accurate. And then you just have to provide a stool sample. And so this was something that I was questioning for the last 30 or 40 years. And it turns out that I was right. And it just took them a long time to get the science together to realize that this is an invasive exam that everybody doesn't need. So I don't know how you feel about it, but I was glad when I saw the article. Let me tell you that. Right. Well, well, Charles, as far as I'm concerned, the jury is still out on colonoscopy. There, there are a lot of different screenings that I don't necessarily agree with, like mammograms and whatnot. We touched on an earlier program about electrodermal screening. We've talked about thermography, and I think Cologuard falls into that category for earlier detection. I'm just not a big fan of going in and just doing biopsies for any reason. Well, you know, I see the sense of it, and if you have a polyp, and they can just take the polyp, burn the polyp off really, really quickly. I see the benefit of that potentially. But again, that polyp could have been there for the next 50 years and never done anything. 
And so they're doing it not based on any real science other than just what they see. And so when you look at the colonoscopy and actually look at the statistics, 17% of them miss the diagnosis. In other words, they think they have a clear picture and then within six months to a year, they find colon cancer. Now, wait a minute, that puts them down at an 83% accuracy rate, not 100%. And the Cologuard is a 93% accurate. And so to me, actually, the least invasive is also the most effective. How many people knew that 17% of cancers are missed with a colonoscopy? 17%. 17%. Now, wow. that's not a statistic that's readily out there when you have everybody touting the benefits of having a colonoscopy because that's just not good enough, in my opinion. So, what do we do to make sure that people are having really healthy colons? And I think you and I have talked about this a dozen different times, but this is what people need to concentrate on. They need to concentrate on prevention. And so I'm going to go back to the electrodermal screening thing that we talked about at the last show, because you can actually have a screening with the electrodermal screening device to find out whether the mitochondria in your cells, in your colon, in your intestines are working properly. If they're not, that means they're cellularly challenged. They're not making the energy that they should. And so that to me is like a five to 10 year early warning that your colon is under stress. And so why would you not do that rather than the other? So I would think the EDS combined with the Cologuard would be the way to go, don't you think? Because both of them are invasive. I would also throw in uh, after reading several studies that have confirmed this, if you increase your vitamin D three blood serum levels to uh, around 70, you can reduce your chance of getting colon cancer by over 70%. I love it. Vitamin D3. I mean, how inexpensive is that? And how much does it cost you to go for a colonoscopy? Oh boy. Well, I'm glad you mentioned the mammogram because I'm, <laughs> I'm in the same thing with the mammogram and the use of thermography that can find stressed cells in the breast five to 10 years before a mammogram sees anything. And I feel the same way about the colon, that the Cologuard and the electrodermal screening can find these things five to 10 years before they're actually gonna manifest in any kind of cancerous or any kind of cells that are moving towards cancer. So to me, I think 99% of our effort should be put in prevention. And so we know a lot of it has to do with whether you have the right bacteria in your gut. And so to me, when I found out that our biome, our probiotic levels changed as we age, I thought, oh, I don't like that. I went out and bought some probiotics immediately. As soon as I found out, I was, it was said, if you're over 40 and if you're over 50, you're making 50% less probiotics in your body than you did when you were 20. Oh my God, why? Why is that happening? Because we're aging. It's all built into our genome, this whole formula. We're making less enzymes. We're making less stomach acid. We're making less antioxidants. We're making less of these probiotics in our gut. And so I take probiotics almost every other day just to make sure that we have enough in the system. 
it is possible to take too much, but you have to do these things in balance, I guess is what I'm saying. Right. I, I want to encourage the listeners to make sure they tune into our gut program when we do that. I think that's our next show up on, we're going to do the gut, but yeah, prebiotics as well. You know, the prebiotics are just as important as anything. And so, you know, what is that? Artichokes and kiwis and onions and asparagus and fermented foods. These are all prebiotic foods, right? Yes. So to me, it's all about what you eat. I mean, start with the Mediterranean diet. I think that's still proven to be the most healthy diet for the majority of people. And then make sure that if you're over 40 or 50, you're taking a probiotic of some kind. Don't just take anything off the shelf. Try to find one that's got 50, maybe 20 to maybe 50 billion bacteria in it. And see if you can get one that has 10 or 15 or maybe even 20 strains. Because having a diversity of strains of bacteria is really, really important to the gut health. Your gut really is most healthy when it has like 70% of what we call good bacteria and 30% of bad bacteria like candida. And so when that balance gets out between the 70 and 30, that's when you start to have diarrhea or constipation or other microbiome difficulties. And so that's why you need to, you know, I don't even think it's bad to have some yogurt with it, some really healthy non-sugar yogurt with your probiotic. What about kefir? Yeah, kefir's fantastic. I mean, kefir's just yeah, fantastic. I love yeah. kefir. Take some kefir with your probiotic. Get just, yeah, exactly. get the unsweetened, non, just get the plain, natural kefir. And you know what? The gut loves sugar, okay? I mean, whenever the bacteria get some sugar, they go, ooh, good, a feeding frenzy. So... Take a few blueberries with your yogurt and your probiotic. This will make your gut so happy, you just want to dance. And so I think it's really important to know you do this about 10 or 15 minutes before you eat, you know. And so you want to give the probiotics a kind of a head start before the first meal of the day. And so it's 15 minutes ahead of time, you give them this kefir or this yogurt, this really healthy non-sugar yogurt, and then your probiotic pill and maybe a few, you know, like a handful of blueberries. And boy, does the multiplication start. I mean, those bacteria will just grow and grow and grow. I mean, there's 200 billion in like, like one foot of your intestine. That's how many bacteria are in every foot, like 200 billion. And so when you're giving them a really small amount, like 2 billion or 3 billion, your gut says, what are you doing here? This is a joke. We need some real bacteria. We need it to grow. And that's when the, that's when the prebiotic foods come in too. I actually have prebiotic foods in my diet very regularly. I like oats and barley in my, I use barley in my Instant Pot stews, banana every, I eat a banana almost every day, lots of onions, garlic, flaxseed, I put flaxseed in everything. Also chia seeds, I grind my own flaxseeds, I grind my own chia seeds, and I just add them, I just throw them in. I don't even think about it, but add it into everything. That's fantastic. I think we've just given people a really good heads up. And there's a lady that I like. She's from Clearwater, Florida, and she's made herself a whole career out of making sure people have healthy guts. And her name is Brenda Watson. And she's just the best. I think she has a line of products, which is good. They're expensive, but they're good. And she has a dozen books out there that she's written over the last 10 or 20 years. So if you have any challenges that you want to learn about how to get to be healthier, I mean, John and I are going to give you some ideas. But if you want to dig in and really get the science, Brenda Watson is the lady's book that you want to get. Her latest book is great. It's The Road to Perfect Health. 
Wow, good for you. I'm so glad that you dug that up. Yeah, I've been reading her books for a long time and all my ideas basically come out of the stuff that she's developed. The other thing I want to add quickly is chew your food. I mean, people who chew very seldom, like four or five times and then throw it down, those enzymes that are in your saliva, they break down these amylase products, the amylase enzymes in your saliva, they break down the carbohydrates. And well, that's majority of what we're all eating, carbohydrates. And so chewing not only gets the size down, it gets the volume of these amylase enzymes increased. And then if you're over 40 or 50, I suggest people take a digestive enzyme right before their meal with amylase and protease and lipase, all the different men enzymes in it. Here's how strong enzymes are. What do you think they use in a restaurant to clean up all the really food crap that's excuse me, put dropped on the floor and to clean up all the floors and all the material and all the equipment. They use an enzyme formula. <laughs> and I, when I found that out, I thought, well, there's proof that enzymes really work for getting rid of bad things. And <laughs> so that to me was proof that enzymes really work. And a lot of doctors say, well, you know, digestive enzymes, we have them in the food we eat. Sorry, you only get them in the raw food that you eat. If you cook any food, you destroy 100% of all the enzymes in that food. And then it can't be broken down. It can't be processed properly. So don't tell me that you have all the enzymes you need. The, the enzymes in a raw apple or in a raw parrot, that's enough to process that particular piece of fruit. You don't get any extra metabolic enzymes from that. So that's two things that I want to say, chewing and getting those digestive enzymes in your body too. And trying to eat about 50% of your diet raw. So you do get some natural enzymes. And try and skip breakfast. Yeah, I think that this whole intermittent fasting thing, I mean, I still have breakfast, but it's like 10.30, you know? And then I eat again, it's like 3.30, and I eat again at like 6.30. So it's an eight-hour window. And right. I think that's the healthiest. That's where the intermittent fasting has shown that your body's more efficient. And the greatest proof is here in my wife, who has been trying to lose 30 or 40 pounds for the last... 30 or 40 years. <laughs> in the last year, she got on the intermittent diet. I'm telling you, she's got the 25-year-old body again. I mean, she's just lost the weight and is keeping it off. She's healthier than she's ever been. And she came to this conclusion on her own. It wasn't anything. I mean, I was already talking about it, of course, but I wasn't preaching it. And she did this. And I'm telling you, her health is so good now. And she lost all that extra weight and fat that women tend to gain around the stomach and around the hips. It's just not there, and she's 72 years old. I've done exactly the same thing when I moved out here to my spot on the river with no neighbors, no, no EMF, no cell tower, no nothing. I decided, you know what, I'm just going to eat when I'm hungry. And I usually don't have my, I guess you could call it breakfast since it's my first meal of the day, till around noon. And I basically eat twice a day, but I'll snack on my raw vegetables in the afternoon and my broccoli and my celery and others. But I've dropped a lot of weight. I just feel fantastic. Yeah. No, I, I hate to say this, but when I combine that with some really heavy weight workout, I lost 15 pounds that I probably shouldn't have had. You know, I was like 185, 186 and that 15 pounds came off in about three or four weeks with the intermittent fasting and the, the heavy weight workout. Instead of the light weights, 
and aerobic. My son put me on this program where I really had to, you know, those sleds that they have where you have the, f- the football players, like they have yeah, to push that sled. Sleds, yes. Yeah, well, he put me on that, right? And I'm telling you, John, for one minute, I felt like I was going to pass out because this was the most work my body had ever done in years and years and years because I'm more of a biker and, a, you know, a runner and stuff like that. But he put me on this weight program. And the heavy weights really made the difference. They spiked and sparked my metabolism in a way that combined with an intermittent fasting created a miracle. And now, no matter what I eat, I can't gain weight. It's like I stay at 172 forever and ever and ever now. <laughs> well, I just want to add to the, to the exercise thing that I'm 66 this year. And I put, till you talk about biking, obviously, we, you know, I love biking. Intervals. Intervals changed everything when I started doing intervals. No matter what type of exercise, whether it's weight or cycling or whatever, when I get out there, because I ride my bike almost every single day. Of course, now I have an e-bike, so that helps. <laughs> but I still That's do my cheating, intervals. John. That's cheating. No, it's not cheating because it's, instead of riding, you know, five kilometers or ten kilometers, and now I ride 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, whatever. No, but I wanted to say a thing about the inter- I think one of the most important things about intermittent fasting when it comes to your gut is that, and we're going to get into this in, in the next program, but the thing that, that you benefit, I think one of the, you benefit the most from is that you give your gut some time to heal from all the stuff you're putting in there. Just like you need to sleep at night to, you know, f- to, for your body to rebuild and repair, you also have to do that intermittent fasting to give your gut time to do the same thing. Right. Well, you know, some of these problems with the colon and the gut, we are going to talk about the gut in another program, but some of these problems develop over years and years and years. And I know that one of the problems that my wife had was her gallbladder really wasn't working the way that it should. Well, guess what? There's another book out there by this medical medium, Anthony William, on the gallbladder. And one of the things I think that this came from him, he likes olive oil. And so she started to take olive oil every morning, a tablespoon, and apparently it spiked the development of bile in her gallbladder. And now all of a sudden, her system is working a lot more efficiently than it ever has. So now I thought, well, I don't want her to get ahead of me on this. So I started to drink this olive oil as well. And now she shifted over to avocado oil. She said it tastes even better and it seems to work just as well. So there's a couple of tips for people if they're having problem getting those right, those perfect bowel movements that everybody hopes for because it's the colon that does that. You know, the small intestines are the place where all the food is broken down into all the vitamins and minerals and all the nutrients that your body needs. But it's your colon that takes the water out and recycles it and actually forms the fecal material that you actually see coming out of you. And so the bile that your gallbladder makes is really critical for that. And so now people can, I think there's enough science to say that olive oil and avocado oil are good. Just a tablespoon every morning on an empty stomach will help your bile to be developed and help your movements to be better. So... To me, that was just another one of the secrets that I thought, you know what, I'm going to mention all the things that we do personally that really help the bowel to work better. I don't know whether you're onto that or whether you use olive oil at all, but it seems to be the cornerstone of the whole Mediterranean diet, olive oil. Yep, olive oil, and I do the olive oil daily, and I cook with coconut oil. 
I don't cook with other oils. And I use avocado oil. So I alternate between olive oil and, and avocado oil. Okay, those three are the best oils. I mean, they really are the best oils. And so you want to get away from the seed oil. You want to get away from the vegetable oils. You just want to stay with the ones that have the natural saturated oils. And we went through this whole thing in this 80s and 90s about these vegetable oils and how bad saturated fat was. Now we're back saying, oh, okay, wait a minute. Maybe the saturated fat wasn't so bad. Maybe butter is better than margarine. And so, yeah, the science does shift around a lot on this kind of stuff. Now, you and I also have talked about some supplements for a healthy gut, and I know that you found one that's kind of similar to the ones that I've found. I found one called Gut Connect 365. And I looked at the ingredients on it, and I noticed something really different because I had been taking like 500 milligrams of L-glutamine. And I looked at this, and it said this product has... 5,000 milligrams of L-glutamine. And I thought, this is the amino acid that can rebuild the lining of the intestines. Two days after I started taking that product, my system started to work even better than it ever has. And I've had one or two bouts of IBS over the last 10 years. And this seems to be the combination of things that we've talked about so far, plus this gut connect with this 3,000 milligrams of L-glutamine, which is the main repair molecule that your gut needs to be rebuilding that lining all the time. That was the secret. The other thing is a product called Megaspore. Megaspore has five special bacteria in it that actually help to close the gaps. Because, you know, in your intestine, if the gaps in your intestine, if the breakages and uh, get bigger, in other words, those intestines are really tightly connected together. But if that tight connection with the cells in your gut happens somehow to be disturbed and they start to separate, that's when you start to get things moving through there into the bloodstream. That's when allergies are developed because now you're getting toxins that are moving through the small, through the intestines into the bloodstream. Well, this megaspore has these five bacteria in it that actually close those gaps. So for anybody with IBS, whether it's constipation IBS or diarrhea IBS, this megaspore is tantamount to being a, a miracle along with the Gut Connect 365. And so I swear by these supplements as a way to maintain a truly healthy colon. Did you have one that was similar to that? Did I remember hearing oh, that? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It's called Gut FX Formula from a company called Healthology. I've been on that. I've been recommending that to my friends. It's got 5,000 L-glutamine, N-acetoglucosamine, marshmallow root extract, aloe vera leaf gel extract, slippery elm bark, lactobacillus acidophilus, and I can never say it properly, <laughs> my phytobacteria, lactis. So yeah, it's another great product. There are some good products out there. Well, I guess what we have to continue to tell people is eat your fermented foods. I try to have some sauerkraut every other day, and there's kefir, and there's even relish is fermented. I mean, you can get these fermented foods in your body in many different sh shapes and forms, and then you have to make sure you're taking the good gut health foods like kiwis and artichokes and berries. Sometimes berries can go both ways. Berries can be very beneficial, but if you have diarrhea, sometimes the berries will exacerbate the diarrhea, so you have to be careful about that. Onions are good. Garlic are good. Green vegetables are great. Asparagus is good. Whole grains, but not whole wheat. 
you know, millet and other non-wheat grains are the ones that are really the best. So it's not that difficult to get your intestines to be working well if you're paying attention to all the things that need to be paid attention to. A quick question, because I know we're running out of time. Sprouted bread. I think sprouted bread's okay. Yeah, I, I don't see too much wrong with it. I mean, that's just giving them some water until the seeds open up. It's not like you're processing them and breaking them down like you do with refined grains. So I think sprouted is fine. And so, yeah, I would recommend those. So I think we kind of run out of time today. We have to do that thing that we do at the end of every program. We have to talk about our sponsors because we're very thankful for them helping us as much as they do. And so I'm going to mention the first one being Beacon Point Advisors. They're financial consultants and advisors. And the company that I worked with for years, Southern Trust Financial, they joined forces with Beacon Point, And now they are one of 50 agencies around the country that people can find a Beacon Point advisor near to them in almost every city. And so they're different because they not only pay attention, they just don't follow the big major trends. They really try to personalize your program for what your needs are. And, and I think that's really important. And they also try to pay attention to your health. Because if you're not healthy, it really doesn't do much good to build your wealth. And so Beacon Point Advisors does both. And I think they really are careful about who they bring into the fold in terms of having other companies join them. They want to have people who have the same culture, who have the same approach to investing, the same approach to health. And so Beacon Point Investors is, I think, the preferred financial planning company that I would recommend to people. So try to find one in your area and at least talk to them and see whether they're doing as good a job or they can do a better job than your existing advisors. Paddock Pools is a pool company that has a special piece of equipment called the vacuum extractor. Now, this is really important. This vacuum extractor is actually able to take chlorine gas off the surface of the pool so that you get... 95% of that gas taken away so that you can actually breathe better oxygenated air while you swim. This is crucial because that chlorine gas can actually, is a toxin that actually causes a reduction in zinc in your body. A reduction in zinc causes a reduction in vitamin D3 and not enough vitamin D3 in your body can lead to different kinds of cancer. So it's not that I want people to be scared and not uh, swim in a pool that doesn't have this vacuum extractor. I just think it's better to have it there and to have it in your pool. And if you're not going to do that, you can't do it uh, for some reason, then make sure you're testing your vitamin D levels, your zinc levels, and you know, make sure you're breathing good, clean air the rest of the time when you're away from the pool. Another sponsor is MPB Health. MPB Health does something different too. Usually people get their insurance from an insurance company, but you know, it's been expensive. There's been double digit increases for many years over the last five or 10 years. Well, MPB Health is one of those companies, the medical cost sharing companies that tries to reduce that cost by actually negotiating with hospitals and doctors, by doing more wellness programs, by doing things that reduce the amount of money that's being spent. And so that they pay for everything that's needed, but by getting their members to pay attention to their health, they're able to get their premiums down by 30 to 50%. This is really valuable. In this day and age, we cannot afford to have things that are not really giving us value for money. Well, MPB Health has a medical cost-sharing program that gives you real value for the money that you're spending. But you have to take some responsibility, and I think that's the important thing. 
DHA Labs is probably the most progressive lab company in the country. They've been doing what they do for about 60 years. They've been started off with brain health back in the 50s and 60s. And now I'm working with them. I have eight different tests that I do with them. These are sort of pre-disease tests to find out whether you're developing brain problems of like dementia or Alzheimer's or Parkinson's. And they're also, I have a cancer, two cancer tests with them that find cells that are moving towards cancer five to 10 years before they actually get there. And I have some tests for immunity and for cardiovascular function. So their tests are just amazing. So call DHA Labs, talk to an advisor. They find out whether your company or whether your family needs the kind of tests that they have because they have things in their tests that other testing companies do not have. And that's what you have to realize. There's really great companies and there's companies that are kind of average. And we have a new sponsor. This is the second week that we're going to be talking about Cardio Miracle. A Cardio Miracle is a product that I found almost by accident. I had developed a protocol for treating cardiovascular disease and actually reducing the DNA damage done with diet and with nutraceuticals. I looked at this product and I thought, oh my God, everything that's in my protocol is in here plus a hundred other things. And then I looked at their science and the results that they're getting. And I thought, this is going to be the next big thing because if people got onto this, the heart disease would no longer be the number one health problem in the country because I think that 80 or 90% of heart disease can be prevented with a good diet and a product like this. We can get away from 500,000 people dying every year from heart failure. So I just think that if you go on our homepage, drcharlesbenz.com, you'll see the product there. It's going to be Cardio Miracle, and you're going to see a little bit of a page that tells you what it's all about and what the ingredients are and what its effectiveness is. And we already know they're getting good reviews from hospitals that are having people recover from surgery better by taking this product. So hey, the code's going to be drbenz 15 and you're going to get a 15% discount from your order for Cardio Miracle. So those are our sponsors. We thank them a lot. And thank John Barson again. John, it's always a pleasure. And thanks to all our listeners. And we'll see you at the next program. Bye for now. <laughs>